It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Stu does America. Ah, yes. It's a new year and we are back. Watch us on Blaze TV by subscribing to blazetv.com slash Stu and use the promo code Stu to save us 10 bucks or... Of course, well, it's actually not going to save us 10 bucks. It's going to save you 10 bucks. Watch us on free for free on YouTube. That's going to save you like all the bucks because it's free. YouTube.com slash Stu Does America. Be sure to like the video, subscribe, hit the bell, all the things. We appreciate it. Pat Gray is going to be here today to talk about the wonderful things happening in Russia and China. We'll go over some of the big stories that we missed over the Christmas New Year's break. But we start by doing the Damar Hamlin incident. And man, what a rough thing to to. To, to witness. Last night, Monday Night Football, uh, Bills and the Bengals. And, you know, if you're not an NFL fan, you might not know, this is one of the biggest games of the year. Probably, arguably, the, the marquee game of the regular season. I mean, you have two of the top teams in the NFL, uh, last year's Super Bowl champion, the preseason favorite, or excuse me, not champion, but runner-up, plus the, uh, the preseason favorite to win the Super Bowl, the Bills, uh, going up against each other. Late-season matchup, number one seed in the playoffs uh, on the line. And, you know, even to add to that, every single fantasy football championship being played out, watching this game. I mean, I know it's stupid, but a lot of us play fantasy football. A lot of people there to watch it. And then in the middle of this, just a shocking, shocking incident, including uh, DeMar Hamlin. He's, of course, of the Buffalo Bills. He's in critical condition right now after collapsing at an NFL game. Uh, 24-year-old safety went into cardiac arrest after being hit. But his heartbeat was restored by medical personnel, uh, the Bills said. The game against the Cincinnati Bengals was postponed. And if you're watching the game, it was just such the, one of the weirdest things anybody's ever seen, right? Like you're, you're watching a game. We've seen injuries on the field before. We've seen, uh, you know, play be stopped for a period of time. But to sit there and watch it, a really terrible, terrible, uh, a terrible way it went down. The hit, which didn't seem all that uh, out of the ordinary and it seems kind of like a normal hit. It was uh, T. Higgins running into his helmet, running into his chest, and he seemed fine initially, stood back up, and then just collapsed to the ground. Luckily, medical uh, people were there, uh, doctors, uh, all, you know, the NFL is, uh, you know, obviously focused on player safety. They've had a lot of problems with that over the years. They've been talking about it quite a bit. They have a lot of resources, as you might imagine, billions and billions of dollars flow through this league every year. And, you know, one uh, former NFL team doctor said, look, if you're no one wants to collapse due to a cardiac arrest. It, the best place to coll- uh, collapse from a cardiac arrest is in the hospital. The second best place might be on the field in an NFL game. There's a lot of resources there and a lot of attention being paid to this. Now, they've seen, we've seen the problems with the concussions where they're not as easy to, to pick up maybe in real time. Some things do get missed. This one was not going to get missed. They were out there right away, uh, thankfully, to try to turn this around. Um, 
you saw the pictures. I'm not going to show you the incident because I don't think there's any reason to. But uh, the Bills kneel knelt uh, around him. Uh, they wound up having uh, eventually, like they initially tried to block the view of everyone, which was a good idea. Then they wound up kneeling in prayer afterwards. You notice the thoughts and prayers thing winds up becoming a lot more popular when politics aren't specifically involved in it. People realize that that can be very powerful. Uh, afterward, there was a fan vigil at uh, the hospital where Damar Hamlin was. And this is just, you know, a crazy, crazy moment. Initially, there was uh, a thought that they might continue the game. There was a rumor at least spread uh, or at least talked about on ESPN um, where they said they're going to give him five minutes to warm back up and then get back on the field. Now, that the NFL is denying that was ever one of their directives. It's hard to know. We'll probably know in the next few weeks as they do the long-term back-end reporting to try to figure out where that came from, whether that was just someone on the field who said it without the knowledge or if the NFL is trying to hide something. I don't know. It seemed pretty obvious right away that this game was not going to be played. It was just a shocking thing to watch. Uh, the players, uh, you could see, I mean, you don't see this often. These are, you know, these are superheroes, right? Like they're the strongest men among us. They are incredible athletes. They don't cry unless they win a Super Bowl. That's the only time you ever see them cry. They, they were sobbing. I mean, it was disturbing to watch because we've just really never seen anything like it. Now, of course, this has happened before. In fact, m much worse things have happened uh, before in the NFL. A player actually did die on the field many, many years ago, a Detroit Lions player. But it's been a long time. I mean, we obviously, not a lot, most people don't remember seeing that, don't remember going uh, through it. And weren't, it wasn't like the marquee moment of, of the regular season. I mean, everybody was watching the show last night. Monday Night Football is usually number one or number two of all TV shows watched every single week. And this was a gigantic, massive game. So lots of people were there watching the game to see what would happen and kind of had to go through this disturbing thing. I mean, I, you know, I had my, uh, my, my kids normally would be watching it. Luckily, we were kind of away from the TV when it all went on. And, you know, I, I didn't want them to see it. Uh, you know, it's, it's just brutal. A brutal, brutal thing. Now, what happened? Um, I know, you know, there's all sorts of speculation on this. You can find plenty of it on the Internet and other places. So I'm not going to go into all of the, the speculation from, uh, you know, of what could have caused the incident. The incident itself was a cardiac arrest likely caused by a blunt force to the chest. Now, look, there's people speculating as to what additional factors might be there. Maybe we'll get into that if there's any evidence as we go forward. Uh, Bernard Ashby is a, is a uh, cardiologist. He says the video of DeMar Hamlin's from a cardiologist's perspective resembled commodio uh, cordis, a phenomenon that occurs when a sudden blunt impact to the chest causes cardiac arrest. Timely defibrillation is life-saving and prevents anoxic brain injury. I pray an AED was near. We do know that they did, were able to get his vitals started relatively quickly. Time is of the essence in those moments. We don't know if he's going to recover. We just know he is in critical condition. And I, you know, look, does anyone, I, I, you know, these sorts of, I'm not, I'm no heart expert here. I'm not going to try to pretend to be one. I know lots of people are trying to, be, to pretend to be one right now. I'm not going to tell you this, that I know every uh, detail about a uh, uh, heart surgery, though I do play a heart surgeon on TV. I will say, though, the thing that reminded me immediately of this is my experience as a, uh, as a Little League coach. Yes, Little League coaching experience coming in handy because my kid, who you know is now 11, but at the time was five, and I remember playing Little League baseball when I was a kid. 
you know, line drives were coming out your head all the time. Bats were flying by your, your skull. You know, it was, it was a time in which you were encouraged to get down low so the ball bounces off your chest. That was kind of what happened. And I noticed quite a difference as I became uh, someone who was coaching my son's team. The biggest difference that you notice, and this is in Texas, by the way, we're not, you know, this is not in uh, California or something where you'd expect every safety precaution to be put on. In Texas, my son, when he would play pitcher, part of the deal playing pitcher, pitcher every time, was you're basically dressed up like a catcher. You always had the catching gear on behind the plate. In Little League now, when you're a pitcher and you're on the mound, you're the closest person to the batter, you wear a chest protector along with a helmet, basically, with a, with a face guard. I don't know if this is this way everywhere, but it is here. And they, I, we had a presentation before this season started about these chest guards in particular. And they warned us, if you do not, if you forget, if you decide, uh, my kid's tough, he doesn't need a chest guard as a pitcher, you will be thrown out of the league. You, your kid will be thrown out of the league. And, you know, you will not be allowed. You'll be banned for life. Because it's that serious. And I had no idea what this was. They went into a lengthy uh, presentation about this commodio cordis. Basically, um, it happens where a, a baseball gets hit. It hits a child in the chest. It, it doesn't give you a heart attack like in the, in the conventional sense where you think, oh, well, I've got a bunch of arteries that are jammed up and I get a, a heart attack. It's, it's not like that. This is a blunt force object to your chest, which... If it hits at the right moment in the wave of the, the sort of heartbeat um, uh, cycle, it can stop the heart. It's just like a blunt force stops the heart. And if you don't start it up almost right away, someone can die from this. Um, and that's why they have these the AEDs on site at Little League games now, because it has happened. In fact, um, they say that uh, it's rare, but it mostly occurs in boys and young men during sports. Also, um, car accidents is a big time that this starts. American Heart Association said it's the leading cause of deaths in youth, ba in youth baseball in the United States. Obviously, not that many, only a few times a year. But still, uh, if you're going to die playing Little League Baseball, it's usually this way. They think that this could be what happened um, with DeMar Hamlin. Uh, we don't know. I mean, we will see as the investigation goes uh, further, but he did take a helmet from a, uh, a professional athlete to the chest right before this happened. You know, I think if it was another cause, maybe a pre-existing heart condition that he didn't know about, that might be the case you'd think of like he's, he, you know, he's standing up, nothing's going on, and then he just falls over, right? Like you could see that happening. There's been examples of that in the past. This, though, right after taking a, a helmet to the chest kind of seems like the most likely um, uh, cause of this particular thing. Now, this is something that the NFL has feared for a long time. A long time. In fact, there was a profile written about Roger Goodell. I think, I think it was ESPN who did it. But one of the big headlines out of that profile was, was this. Roger Goodell terrified that a player will die on the field. One of Goodell's greatest fears, an NFL player was going to die on the field. Within the past year, Goodell has told friends privately that he believes if the game's hard knocks culture doesn't change, it could happen again. Lions receiver Chuck Hughes died of a heart attack in a 1971 game. He's terrified of it, he says a Hall of Fame player who speaks regularly with Goodell. It, it wouldn't just be a tragedy, it would be awfully bad for business. Now, it's a little bit of a 
cold way, maybe, of talking about this. Uh, that luckily, Damar Hamlin, at least as of right now, is still alive in critical condition, but stable, and we hope that he's going to make a full recovery. We don't know yet. What's interesting about this, though, is that it goes on beyond just uh, the impact of watching a, a game. It goes beyond this because football is so central to the culture of the United States. Uh, you know, again, around the world, football is soccer. This is called American football. It's that central to our culture. It's, as I mentioned, the number one and the number two show in any given week. Uh, it is the number one show of the year. Obviously, the Super Bowl is by far the most watched event. And so you might not care about that uh, sports, but you do see an effort, I would imagine, by the left and the media to continually target things that are central to American culture as enemies. Things that have been traditional for a very long time, whether it comes to faith or holidays or celebrations or patriotism or culture. And if there's anything, you know, you, we always talk about baseball being the great American pastime, and it is, of course, it's central. But also football is right there and, and, and obviously even greater popularity at this point. And you see the immediate jumps after this event. Should this just be shut down? Should football even exist? It's this terrible thing and we shouldn't even have it anymore. Um, that's a weird way of looking at this. I remember we know what it, that people have had incidents on the field when you're at when you're when you're having a high level of athletic performance. It's very likely that, uh, you know, as compared to normal everyday you know, living, that something like this could happen, even when you are young and healthy. I mean, I, you know, and I remember this to my core as someone who grew up. My favorite team in college basketball as a kid was Loyola Marymount. I fell in love with this team because of the way that they played, and I watched them all the time. Anytime I could watch a game that came on from these guys. I remember, you know, be playing basketball one day and coming out to the, to the, you know, the waiting room and watching Loyola Marymount versus a Shaquille O'Neal LSU team which LMU lost that game 148 to 141. I think it was double overtime. I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe this was even basketball. It was incredible to watch to these guys running up and down and bombing threes. It was a totally different style of basketball. I totally fell in love with it. Well, later that year, as they went as the number one seed in their conference tournament, uh, Hank Gathers had a, you know, an amazing um, uh, alley-oop dunk. He was one of the best players in the country. He had led the league in scoring and rebounding the previous season. And he ran back to half court and kind of stumbled down, fell over, and died that day. And so as a kid, I, mean, I was you know, what, 14 years old probably at the time. And I remember watching that, and it is jarring. But there wasn't a call from um, uh, the media, from, uh, from, uh, from politics, to shut down college basketball. Everyone realized that Hank Gathers was a great athlete who had an existing, in, this, in his case, an existing heart condition. And he decided on his own accord to, to change, uh, to take the risks that were involved in playing. And, you know, he was affected by medication and, and blah, 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 blah. But he decided, you know, he, he wanted to do this. He wanted to continue to play. He wanted to change his medications up. He, he realized there was some risk to it, but he decided to take that risk. And that's kind of the way I think most people looked at it. There was some criticism of the university. Maybe they should have done more to make sure that this didn't happen. But, like, generally speaking, we looked at this even as a college student and said, hey, 
we all know that these things are dangerous. You know, Dale Earnhardt is another example. We all know that Dale Earnhardt you know, did a million races and, and never had a major issue. And then one day, tragedy strikes. And we, never, we didn't say, hey, we got to shut down auto racing. Uh, we just had a situation with uh, action sports Leonard, uh, legend DC Shoes co-founder Ken Block. He was killed recently here in a, uh, just this weekend in a snowmobile accident. Um, he was an icon and known for all of his extreme sports and all the crazy things that he tried to do. And part of that was taking on risk. He knew that what he was doing was risky. And this, he wound up dying in a snowmobile accident tragically. But no one's saying we should ban snowmobiles. That's not the way this is supposed to be. You find that it's interesting that the left immediately has focused on targeting this thing that is central to the culture of the United States, a foundational element for us in modern America. Um, they are going to try to do this, and they're going to try to shut it down. But, you know, that's not what we're supposed to do as Americans. I think this is, this is part of the culture that made COVID so, so bad, so, so unbearable here for our country. You know, we have developed from a country that says, hey, you take a risk, you assess your own risk. Sometimes you'll take a risk that that uh, doesn't wind up panning out and you, you have to pay for that, whether it's with a, a bad injury or um, a death or just a, an illness. And we saw in COVID where the government said, no, we should take that risk away from you. You shouldn't be able to take those risks. You shouldn't be able to assess your own life and whether a risk is appropriate or not. I am a big believer that you should be able to do that. It's part of what makes life interesting. You see over and over again, these players that wind up getting hurt, uh, they want, of course, to be taken care of for their medical concerns. They want to be able to be, uh, to be able to live the best life they can. But very rarely do you see them say, hey, this shouldn't be allowed anymore. I shouldn't have been able to take that risk. Most of them will say, look, I do it 100 times over and again. That's kind of the American spirit, right? We're not the ones that protect and hide away like China is doing with COVID. We didn't go to COVID zero. At least we didn't put up with it for long. The government wanted to do that to us, but we rejected it. And the same thing should happen here. Uh, my guess is Damar Hamlin would not want football to be banned. We will find out maybe as, as, as he recovers and he can talk about this himself. But generally speaking, this is the this is the. This is the calling card of an athlete. An athlete says, I'm going to push it to the extreme, try to be the best that I can, and I'm going to look at the risk and say, you know what? I think it's worth it. And I'm a man, and I get to make that decision for myself. That's the fundamental American spirit. You know, we talk about the rugged individualism. Liberals hate rugged individualism. And at some, at some level, it is probably um, overdone in that we don't really even do it anymore. You know, we, we are coddled. We do have a life that would be completely unfamiliar to some of our ancestors who really did take day-to-day -day life risks uh, to, to, to better themselves and their families. A lot of that stuff has been eliminated from, you know, science and capitalism and, and you know, understanding education, learning more about the world and, and, and what risks are there and which, which ones aren't. But, like, we don't want that completely eliminated from our lives. We don't want people... We don't, want to, we don't want every league to be a flag football league, do we? Is that the country that we want? Do we want all risk eliminated from our society? Despite how disturbing it was to watch the incident yesterday, I don't think that's what America wants, and I don't think that's what Damar Hamlin would want.
you're anything like me, you have a certain tendency to put things off until the very last minute. Um, and you can't do that with life insurance because you never, I mean, gosh, we were talking about it today. You never know what is right around the corner. You've seen the life insurance commercials on TV. You've probably seen them and say, yeah, I'll look into that eventually. That's way down the road. But you can't really wait on this one. You've got to choose life insurance. And the best place to go for this is Ladder. Ladder is 100% digital. They have no doctors, no needles, no paperwork. If you apply for $3 million in coverage or less, answer a few questions about your health in an application. You just need a few minutes and a phone call uh, or a laptop to apply. Ladder's smart algorithms work in real time, so you'll find out if you're instantly approved. This, is, this process has really improved over time. There's no hidden fees. You can cancel any time. You can get a full refund if you change your mind in the first 30 days. These are high-quality insurers. They're rated A and A-plus by AM Best. They pay their policies. So go to ladderlife.com slash stew today. See if you're instantly approved. L-A-D-D-E-R life.com slash stew. Ladderlife.com slash stew. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm joined now by Pat Gray, host of Pat Gray. Unleashed, which is coincident. Thank God it was right. you as the host. I mean, fortunately, they found me. Yeah. Uh, to to fill, know, fill show. a show that the, was Pat Gray Unleashed. It wouldn't have made any sense. The title yeah, would not have right. made any sense without you. My name is Mark Stevens. Right. That wouldn't work. And you might say that doesn't sound right. Like, you know, <laughs> you, you could have done it the other way around. But, like, we see this with Kexi Cookies. Like, right. it has anything, nothing to do with your name. Right. Right? Like, nothing. it's not Pat Gray Cookies. And no. If it was Pat Gray Cookies, then you could make this point. But, obviously, the show title came first. Um, welcome to the program, Pat. Thank you. Great to be here, Stu. Yeah, we were able to do the radio show together the last couple of days. It was a lot mm-hmm. of fun. Um, although I will say you get into a new year and there's a, uh, I think the first couple of days, there's a spring of optimism. You kind of think like, okay, it's a new year. Mm-hmm. It's like with weight loss. You come into the new year, you're thinking to yourself, hey, maybe I won't be as big a fat ass anymore. And then, <laughs> you know, by January 7th, you're, you're, you realize, no, I'm going to be as big a fat ass. Right. In fact, probably bigger, bigger than I've ever been. Yeah. Yeah. And this seems to happen over and over again. I think with politics, it's, it's constant because every year seems like worse than the year before. Yeah. Well, we had that, we had that story about the, the Gallup poll that Americans, 80% of us are kind of pessimistic about the coming year. That's only because we have all evidence uh, to back that up, that it's probably going to be a crappy year <laughs> yeah. ahead. You know, it just feels bad all the time. It, it is, does. Is it getting worse, or is this a function of like our media diets? Are we just consuming no, I think it's too much of this? Definitely getting worse. Okay. I mean, you know, from the from the wokeism and the you know, you can't even tell uh, uh, what a man is or a woman <laughs> is, and uh, the gender stuff, and it's just a mess. Yeah, it it's really a is. mess. We did look into a, uh, a poll that the New York Times inexplicably did uh, o- over when we were on vacation, and they asked about these sort of woke terms and would you use them. And it was pretty interesting. Maybe we'll get into this a little bit later on uh, this week uh, in, in more full form, but it was stuff like you know, breastfeeding, 85% of people will say, chest feeding, the woke term, was like 10% of people. And you kind of realize that, like, 
a lot of this woke nonsense is really happening. We do really have to push back about it. Mm-hmm. But like the average person, I think even the average Democrat is not buying into it. Yeah. Well, yeah, when it's an 80 to 10 split, then that's more than Republicans. <laughs> yeah. You know, so. Is that is, is there reason to be optimistic of that or do you think it's just Maybe. a matter of time? Uh, but it, it depends on whether or not we stand up and say, no, I'm not going to say chest feeding. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to say a birth person or whatever that term is, a yeah. birthing person instead of a mother or a woman. I mean, there's no such thing as a birthing man. So <laughs> how dare you, Pat? I know. <laughs> I know. This is sort of how I feel about like the Washington Redskins, which to me is it's just still their name. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I know all the arguments about it. I understand they were the Washington Redskins and then the Washington football team and then the Washington Commanders. I refuse. I refuse to call them the commanders. It's such a stupid name. <laughs> so too. stupid. It's so ridiculous. And are they going to eliminate? I mean, how many, how many nicknames of sports teams <laughs> are Indians or some form of that? Yeah. Chiefs, Indians. Are we going to eliminate them all because that's the only way to be correct? I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're never going to. I mean, in here in the Metroplex, there's several teams. Including one right by me that's that are named the Indians, and nobody's saying anything about it to my knowledge. So let's just relax on it and stand up and say no. Okay, if everybody in the Cherokee Nation, you know the Cherokee tribe, where they're so proud to live, (laughs) so proud to die. die, If they came forward and said, look, we're really offended by this, uh, then, you know, maybe you consider it and you say, okay, well, but they're not. No, in fact, they're the opposite with the Redskins. Yeah, it's yeah. white people who are liberals that are offended on their behalf. Yeah. Stop. You know, I was, I was recently watching a, a documentary, and I'm sure you've done the same thing, on the 2011-2012 Charlotte Bobcats. And... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I've I've watched it a couple of times. YouTube is uh, it was only two and a half hours long. So, um, but uh, they were talking at the very end of it, talking about how we haven't seen a lot of teams change their names for regular reasons. Like they, the Bobcats changed their name to the Hornets just because like the Bobcats were so bad and had such a terrible run, and the Hornets were available. They were just like screw it, let's just abandon this. But like you think mm. about the other name changes, it's all woke reasons, right? It's it's yeah. the Washington Redskins to the to the football team, then the Commanders. It's the Cleveland Indians to the Cleveland Guardians. It's the Washington yeah. Bullets to the Washington Wizards. Right. I mean, think about that. We used to have a team. The Bullets, it's a cool name. It is. You know, and yeah. guns, it's part of our culture. It's part of our constitution. And I thought speed when it came to, you know, yeah. like they're fast. Fast like a bullet, yeah. I didn't think of, okay, <laughs> there's shooting really, really the high streets. crime in Washington, D.C., and it's black people shooting uh, black some, people. Yeah, there's some insinuation I, I, it was racist, yeah. right? And uh, I don't understand how. I mean, no, it, there was an insinuation that, you know, really bad policies in Washington, D.C. over a long period of time created a very violent culture yeah. uh, that has nothing to do uh, with the bullet itself. That's kind of a bad uh, narrative. Let me switch gears here for you uh, for a second. Um, Russia uh, is, uh, this This war is still going on. We did get a clip of the Russian New Year celebration, which was fabulous. If you get a chance to watch this on the radio show, I think <laughs> you'll like it quite a bit. Uh, but this war is still going on. In the clip, they call it Russia is, like it or not, Russia is enlarging. <laughs> That's how they describe the war, which, okay. Um, 
how how do you feel about this right now? Because we've had the media who has presented Zelensky as this like ultra mega hero. Mm-hmm. Uh, Biden and the government, Republicans and Democrats alike, are saying we got to give them tens of billion dollars a month. It's our only option. Russia certainly not a positive actor in all of this. How do you sort this out? I'm kind of tired of it. Um, I'd like our involvement to cease at some point. And, you know, Biden's made it clear he's not going to. And for Zelensky to come over here in his T-shirt and, uh, you know, camo pants. Yeah. And uh, it's like a little cosplay, it seems like. Yeah. It's, a, it's a kind of a weird. I get I mean, I get it in some ways. Like he wants to look. Like the military, like it, like he's heading up the military, but I it guess. is a little uncomfortable at times. It, it is. And then him telling us it's not charity, it's an investment. Is it? Now, what are we getting for our investment? What are we investing in the most corrupt country on the planet? Because that's how it's been described up until this war is that Ukraine was one of the most corrupt governments on Earth, mm-hmm. you know, and um, we're not. We're not tracking the money. We're not, take, you know, monitoring how it's how it's being used. Where's the equipment going? I mean, it's it's, uh, and I worry that it's going to escalate into troops on the ground, and I don't want that to happen. I'm really tired of getting involved in everybody else's conflicts, and you know, while we, I don't want, you know, as. Kamala Harris explained to us, Russia is a big country <laughs> attacking a smaller country. Really? And that, to me, it doesn't seem fair. Is it not um, good? It's not good. Okay. Yeah. That, yeah, that is. I think bad. that's a fair statement. So, the, the, But do I want it to last forever? forever. No. No. Especially when we don't know where our money's going. Right? Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, we're sending these over for missiles that are being fired somewhere. A drone fired somewhere. Mm-hmm. It blows up. We have no record of where it blew up, what damage it did, how good, it, how useful it was. Right. And then we just keep funding, buy more, buy more, buy more, buy more. Mm-hmm. It, the, the hawkish sort of argument, though, to push back on this is, look, Russia wants to threaten Europe, the United States. They want power. You see the way they talk. Putin is pretty clear about wanting to expand the Russian empire and get back to the good old days. If you allow them to roll over Ukraine, which is, yes, a small country, Kamala, but also like not not a complete rollover here. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. obviously they've shown a, a pretty fierce uh, pushback. Yep. But, and they have, you know, it's a it's a relatively big country compared to a lot of the others that are neighbors. If you're Europe, if you're the United States, you don't want Russia expanding their sphere no, of influence. Is it a good investment to say, hey, we dumped some money in there. Obviously, our dollars mean nothing at this point. We dumped some money in there, buy some weapons, and uh, we don't have to fight the war. They can do it. I think it's unlikely that Putin's going any further because he has seen uh, what kind of pushback he got from Ukraine. Now you're going to go into Poland, too, or wherever? I, I don't know. I don't think so. I, I, if you have half a brain, I, I think this is kind of a wake-up call uh, to Putin about his military that's not in the shape that even I thought it was in. Yeah. And I think we all thought Russia was a little more prepared to roll over the top of a country like Ukraine, yeah. didn't we? Yeah. I, I, I thought it'd be over in a matter of a week. I, I kind of did too, I, and I, I think that's what Putin obviously yeah, believed. Definitely. Because I mean, I think there's a, uh, if we get involved, and we're sending tens of billions of dollars of arms over to Ukraine, uh, we obviously have great technology and, you know, military training 
that you could see pushing back against, um, you know, a somewhat successfully against a, a country like Russia, mm-hmm. obviously with our our billions of dollars. But that wasn't there at the beginning. You know, right. they, they really did push them out they with did. some of our help, but really kind of more on their own, more than I expected, at least. Yeah. I mean, they've done a pretty good job of defending themselves. And, you know, maybe we let countries do that. Maybe that might be a refreshing change. Uh, really? Yeah. Uh, fascinating idea. Yeah. Um, last one before before we go. Uh, let me go to another uh, pseudo-communist regime. China. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a bit of a fascinating thing with China. COVID comes, probably from one of their labs, uh, spreads around the... How dare you? I'm going to get banned from my own show. How dare you? <laughs> uh, probably from one of their labs. Spreads yeah. around the globe. They lock down super, super hard. A lot of other places lock down too, but eventually get past the point where their their populations are willing to go along with that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Omicron hits kind of like spreads all over the place. At this point, pretty much everybody has some immunity to, to COVID here in the United States uh, and really all around the world. China has a different situation. They lock down so hard at least they claim it has not affected, you know, uh, 50% of their population or 70% like maybe it has here. But over there, they're just saying like, oh, a few thousand people have died and that's about it. We know that's a lie, but considering their lockdown and how willing they've been able to say like, look, you guys aren't going out for weeks at a time. We know that probably some of their people have not been exposed to COVID, have not had anything. Mm-hmm. Now they're facing these really, you know, bad, n- not... Um, lethal variants, but certainly that w- variants that spread. They have a lot of old people there. They have crappy vaccines. They, yeah. this could get ugly with yeah. China. Yeah, I, I'm kind of in favor of limiting travel from, from China at this point, <laughs> yeah. uh, which I, I think is a prudent step. I, you know, um, and of course it'll be called xenophobic or hateful or bigoted or whatever, but uh, I don't see how you can not limit travel. Um, from China when they're, who knows what the infection rate is right now, right? I mean, in the early days of this new thing, I was hearing like 75,000 a day, which is a lot for them. I mean, we were at those levels a while ago, but they claim not to be for a long time. If they're admitting that, what is really If they're admitting that, what is it, a million a day? Who knows? Mm -hmm. Uh, So... Yeah, I think uh, I think a travel ban is pretty prudent right now. I would say too. It seems like about eighty percent of the country are caves with bats in them. I, I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Like that's all the footage I see from China these days: caves with bats and prison mm-hmm. camps. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Biden is obviously in charge. He's the one who would be doing this. They seem to be doing some restrictions on this. Like they're saying, "Hey, you at least got to have a, a negative test when you come over here." Yeah. Um, you know, I guess it's okay. It's not xenophobic if it's right. Joe Biden putting it in place. How does that work? Yeah, well, because Joe Biden's a Democrat. Uh, oh. <laughs> Stu, yeah, yeah. So the difference is Donald Trump, Republican, mm. bigot, okay, right. hateful, <laughs> yeah. racist. Right. But now you've got an enlightened Democrat taking the very same steps. Mm-hmm. So it's fine. fine. You understand? Just you got that fine. Right? No. Yeah, it's fine. Okay, I think I get it now. In fact, it's good. It's good. Yeah. Better it's than good. fine? Better than fine. Better than fine. There you yeah. go. See, the, the optimism we were hoping for from Pat Gray to start the <laughs> there year. There it is. There it is. Pat Gray, of course, uh, host of Pat Gray Unleashed right here on Blaze TV. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and podcast and everywhere else. And, of course, get the most delicious cookies in the whole wide world at kexi.com, K-E-K-S-I.com. What's the, uh, what, you have a code that relates to Jeffy. What is it? It's the Jeffy. Mm-hmm. And you get 18% off. <laughs>
Because <laughs> 18 is the only number he knows. Right. There you exactly. go. Exactly. <laughs> 18% off. You not only get great cookies, but you get to make fun of Jeffy. Pat, thanks for coming on. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. We'll get more into the uh, house back and forth. That was a big thing that happened over vacation into today. Obviously, the voting going on today. We'll get into more of that tomorrow. I, I was kind of interested, though, in the history of this because... You know, McCarthy going back and forth. They're trying to figure out what's going to happen. Will it be multiple votes? Will it not be multiple votes? This used to be a big time thing. Now, it's been 100 years since they've had multiple votes for Speaker of the House. But like back in the day, it happened all the time. Steve Kornacki put out a list. 14 votes in the House Speaker have gone past the first ballot, but none in 100 years. But look at some of these numbers. The Nathaniel Banks um, election in 1855, 133 ballots Howell Cobb, 63 ballots. William William Pennington, 44 ballots. All of those elections happened within a 10-year period. Uh, Some others, 22, 12, 11, 10 votes. It goes on and on and on. And that's kind of the way this works. Basically, you have your first vote. And if you don't get the first vote through, you just keep voting until you find somebody who can be Speaker of the House. It just goes on and on and on and on. Obviously, up to 133 is the highest number. One of the people uh, who will be uh, looking at this is George Santos. He can't be sworn in. Until um, he uh, this whole voting situation goes through. But he has been highlighted by The New York Times. I mean, like they've done more research on this guy than anybody I've ever heard. Now, you don't know, might not know who George Santos is, because if you're outside of New York, you've never heard of the guy. I mean, he ran for Congress. He wound up winning, I think, by eight points in this past election. But like, you know, he was not a big figure. Once this election went through, The New York Times started digging into him and found that he had several lies basically on his resume. He didn't work at one place that he said he worked. He said he had never committed a crime. They went down to Brazil and looked through Brazilian court documents and found that as a teenager, he stole somebody's like wallet or checkbook, I think, back in like, you know, when he was 19 years old. For whatever reason, they won't look at Hunter Biden at all. They got the entire laptop. You can look at everything the guy's ever done. They won't even bother with it. But you got to get to Brazil for those court documents for George Santos. So who knows? He may or may not resign. We will see on that one. Michelle Obama went on The View over the last couple of weeks and said she couldn't stand her husband. And I thought, wow, bipartisanship. Here we are. Because we couldn't stand him either. We now realize that it was not just us. Michelle was with us that entire time. She said not only could she not stand him, she couldn't stand him for 10 years. She said, people think I'm catty for saying this. It's like there were 10 years where I couldn't stand my husband. And guess when it happened? When those kids were little. Well, you know, uh, Malia and Sasha were seven and 10 when they moved into the White House. So this was, I guess, the Senate years and the presidency. They couldn't stand each other. Who knew we had so much in common with Michelle Obama? Um, Democrats have been blasted over the they did this stunt. Basically, they've been saying forever they want Trump's tax returns. They came up with a way to do it through just raw power to get a hold of them and then just release them. 
because they just wanted to tell everybody about it. Now, it's interesting to see because um, one of the things, one of the justifications for this was, hey, we can see if the Trump tax law wound up benefiting Trump and people should know that because, you know, reasons. Now, that's not a good reason. That's just a political point. But that was the way they justified it. When they looked through the, the returns, what they found is tax was, uh, Trump was actually burned by this tax law. And then so instead of just acknowledging their mistake and saying, wow, we shouldn't have looked into this at all. We were wrong. Or we shouldn't have released this. We were wrong on our point. They instead said, wow, look how dumb Trump, Trump is. He got burned by his own tax law. That's the way this works, by the way. No matter what your prior beliefs are, there's always something there to support them. And International Boxing Organization has decided to start a transgender league over safety concerns. I'm torn on this one because part of me thinks, look, it's good that we're not going to have men beating up women, men who say they're women beating up women. I also am not a fan of female boxing at all. I don't ever want to watch it. I don't think watching women get hit in the face is ever a fun pastime. Just my thing. I don't know. Maybe I'm weird. Uh, but starting a whole new transgender league is, go- it, I don't know, it's going to be like how many bathrooms we're going to have on the wall. We're going to have like 97 bathrooms. It is a little weird to have a whole nother league just for transgendered people. But I, I, I guess it's better than, you know, adopting the woke ideology and just saying, actually, uh, this man who's 285 pounds is actually a woman. And now they're going to fight uh, this 113 pound woman. That's a bad idea. Probably a worse outcome. So we'll continue to watch and we'll have full coverage of the Transgender Boxing League coming up. Imagine you're a pet suffering because of a poor diet and being unable to tell you about it. I, of course you want to avoid that. Uh, so let me tell you about longevity formula for Paw Made. Now I have a dog who is approximately 385 years old. I don't know, I can't even keep track of how old. I, might be 17, might be 18, we don't even know anymore. Poor little Miles, President Miles, he, he you know, look, he has a, a bit of a trouble getting around these days, he's pretty slow. He sleeps 22 hours a day or so. It, but it's important to us for him to have the best experience he can have with his remaining days. Um, PawMade, uh, P-A-W-M-A-D-E, they, come up with the, they came up with this all-natural health supplement for dogs. It's made with 23 dog-friendly superfoods to keep your pup healthy and strong. It's veterinarian-approved, longevity formula. It boosts in nutrient intake. It protects against toxins. It guards against premature aging. And because, uh, you know, aside from poor diet, uh, toxins like pesticides, mold, air pollution... All this can harm your dog's health. Longevity formula contains special toxin-fighting nutrients to protect your dog so they can live a long, happy life by your side. I know you want to do what's right for your dog. Of course you do. So why not check this out? There's a limited time offer exclusively for listeners of Stu Does America. For every purchase of Longevity Formula, you'll receive a free bottle of Paw Maid's Hip and Joint Formula, too. That's something Miles definitely needs. Uh, to claim your offer, go to pawmade.com slash stew, P-A-W-M-A-D-E dot com slash stew. Call toll-free 833-PAWMADE, P-A-W-M-A-D-E dot com slash stew, or 833-PAWMADE. On our last show from vacation, it was a Friday when Avatar came out. I'll give you an update on that. We had a bet going, and I argued about how bad Avatar was, but mainly I just wanted to convince you not to see it opening weekend because I had a bet on how much money Avatar would earn on opening weekend. The number was $134.45 million. $134.45 million. So 
As we got close, they came out with the initial estimates. It was 175 million. So I thought I was very much on the wrong side of that bet. They updated it after the first night and they said, eh, 150 to 175. The next night, they updated it again and they said, eh, probably the lower end of 150 to 175. Then they finally updated it with the final number, 134.1 million dollars. So I squeaked it out by like a couple hundred thousand. And I got to say, I think me begging you not to see it may have made the difference. So thank you so much. I won a bet and my life is going to be changed forever. And I can always say Avatar 2 sucks just as much as Avatar 1. And before we go, an update to one of our favorite segments, idiots gluing themselves to things. Yes, unfortunately, we're going to have to change. We, we may have to change the name of this of this uh, segment uh, to Stu does idiots no longer gluing themselves to things. This is a sad development, but in Extinction Rebellion UK says they're going to stop gluing themselves to things. Yeah, they've been making a splash with all these. Hey, we're going to glue stuff, glue ourselves to stuff in an effort to make people aware of the climate, which I was like, I don't know about you. I knew I knew we had a climate, but apparently they wanted to make us more aware of it. Um, And they've been doing all these disruptive activities. They say they're going to step away from that, which I don't I don't really care about. I just do care that somebody continues to glue themselves to things because I don't want to lose the segment. Stu does idiots gluing themselves to things. So fingers crossed for 2023.